baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rant's coming up. Let's talk to Ralph in South Carolina. Hi, Ralph. Todd, how are you? Uh, last night, we listened to uh, Joe Biden talk about Republicans wanting to cut Social Security and Medicare. Mm-hmm. But the people in this country, and I'm sure you're astute enough to know that Medicare is going to go broke in 2025, Social Security in 2035. Don't you think they should start right now to fix the financial mess they're in and still waiting to the last minute would that make sense to you um it would if they weren't busy making a mess of everything else financially and gar- trying to make sure that they get reelected and and the needs of the future are are not considered and not met i mean i'm on social security i'm sure i'm going to have mine till i'm gone but when they uh, project these shortages something has to be done now not 10 years from now or not two years from now. Yes. They've got to kind of get their reduction order now. And that's uh, Senator Scott was saying, and he's absolutely right. He's the only one uh, that pointed out we've got a problem, folks, and we have to start working on this. We can't just wait. Until and it, it's it shows late. the danger, Ralph, of actually wanting to enter those waters and, and go for a swim. You're going to be attacked with uh, attacks just like what Joe Biden used last night. Oh, you're, you're trying to fix it but they're going to accuse you of trying to shut it down. And that's, well, yep. Yeah, we know they're not trying to shut it down, but it has to be fixed. And it's got to be, they've got to start that process now. They can't wait years no, from of now. Course. I mean, of course, what you're saying is true. But the government is broke and fiscally, you know, structurally bankrupt right now. We owe, uh, what is the number, $32 trillion dollars. So, but, but of course, they're spending money on everything they can find to spend money on. But those are for let's get reelected now investments rather than the ones you're referring to. Okay, let's find out how the ride home is going. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Just reading about all the billionaires rushing out of New York City to move to Florida. That's pretty awesome. 860-522-9842. They're trying to get the billionaires to leave Connecticut, too, you know. They talk about income inequality, somehow too many super rich people around. And if they'll only go somewhere else, 
then the income inequality will go down. Just get the billionaires to leave the state. It'll be so much better. Let's play a couple rants, then we'll take a couple phone calls. 860-522-9842. Thanks a lot, Todd. I see rigging everywhere now because of you. Check this list out. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, mm-hmm. Nat King Cole, The Band Chicago, Fleetwood Mac, Brian Wilson, Barry White, Marvin Gaye, The Carpenters, James Brown, Steely Dan, Elvis Presley, Loretta Lynn, and Carol King. What about them? Guess what? Combined. Yeah. They they have less Grammys than Beyonce. Wow. Elvis has three. Mm-hmm. Hey, Todd, I know you can name more than three Elvis songs, but I'll give you a grand right now without looking it up on your device. Name me three songs by Beyonce real quick. Go ahead. Well, let me tell you this. If Beyonce was standing in the studio right here, well, sitting, because that's more appropriate as a guest, and I would know it was her. Even if she had both of her breasts hanging out like I saw them the other night, I wouldn't know it was her because they could be anybody's breasts. So you've got a point there. Hey, Todd. Quick question about electric cars. I, I, I don't know what Joe Biden thinks. He wants everybody to buy electric. They're catching on fire like crazy. They're not good in cold weather. And he's talking about he's trying to save the planet. Do you know that them batteries are worse than anything when you have to throw them away? Well, yes. And someday they get recycled. But I'm not sure how quickly that happens. And I'm not sure how bad electric cars are in cold weather is that because you have to use electricity to to warm the interior of the car is that what you mean for the heat so i i think this guy's out of his mind everybody knows this but they preach on it's going to save you money no it's not it's so much more money than gas powered and yeah. why why is that because you don't apparently the maintenance is way lower i'm not a proponent but i'm not against electric cars i'm against the idea of trying to uh intimidate everybody into getting electric cars and and thinking that they're somehow the future when we don't know even if we have the supply chains available to make the batteries. And I hope people realize that. So when they go to buy it and they think they're going to be saving money, well, guess what? They're not. So I I just want to know what you think about this electric. And now they're going to try to go electric with tractor trailers not going to happen. Yeah, not that, work. trouble imagining. Wouldn't they need the whole tractor trailer filled with batteries to get the tractor trailer to go? Because it'd be so heavy. Yeah, I just think uh, that you can't decide outside of a market what what the most popular item is going to be in the market. How do you do that? How do you force people? You know, like in in Connecticut, I think there's like one percent of the cars. It, it's some tiny amount of cars. There's hardly any electric cars. Twelve thousand, fourteen thousand electric cars in the state, with three point six million people, and there's like fourteen thousand cars that are electric. It's obviously not catching on, even with a huge subsidy from uh, from the government. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Let's talk to Andrew in New Britain. Hello, Andrew. Yeah, hi, Todd. Um... So, uh, following up on your um, on your Memphis talk there, uh, a while ago when all that happened, I I just I went to Google, you know, and I, I and I wanted to see what the most uh, most violent and most crime ridden uh, cities are, you know, in the United States. And as a believe it or not, as a per capita basis, uh, per capita, Memphis 
is is the most violent uh, and, and and the most crime ridden uh, city in the in all of the United States. And it brings uh, the the thought it brought to me was, uh, you know, that that Tyrell guy uh, got a beating. I'm I, I'm I'm thinking like probably that same weekend. Uh, you know that that probably happened to five other people, and and could be one of those people died. Um, it, it, so they they might be operating at, at a level where you know where where violence is so inbred in the culture. You know you know, and there's standards of behavior. You know standards of interaction uh, between between the thugs, uh, the the thug life people in in that city. Okay, which involves the cops that by them, you know, having uh, the, you know, the community policing model, the, you know, all the officers, you know, come, you know, from that community and they look like us and they, you, you, you know, you know, act and think like us kind of, kind of stuff. Um, that kind of violence might be like a self-fulfilling prophecy where, you know, we're, we're, we're just that culture. You mean that they're compelled to, the police are compelled to recklessly attack innocent civilians because they encounter so much crime. Otherwise, is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll put it a different way. If I, I'm a white guy, uh, if if I was stopped by the police and I fled, uh, you know, you know, and uh, in, you know, in, in a vehicle, uh, endangering other people, other civilians along the route. Uh, probably endangering, you, you know, the the life and well-being of the of the cops chasing me. Uh, I would I would probably expect some kind of a tune-up, you know. Well, except a, he was he he got dragged out of the car right off the bat and then ran after they were pepper spraying him for no reason, and and then they started, uh, you know, then they started uh, you know, raising the the level of the abuse, but. He was right off the bat. That's what was so shocking about it is that, that the video shows him right off the bat uh, facing attack. Doc and Harwinson, what's up, Doc? Wait, did hey, I just doing? say that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, um, on the subject of, of electric cars, the cold does affect the batteries. In the same way that it affects your battery for starting a diesel or gas engine. Mm-hmm. The chemical reaction capability slows down when it's cold, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have the the current. So that would reduce its range on a cold day. Is that it? Yes. Any other problems with them in the cold? Um, yeah, when when you try to charge them in the cold, um, that chemical reaction can cause some uh, fires to occur because mm-hmm. the insulation is breaking down. It's a um, yeah, so the whole uh, the whole chemistry experiment that you're doing is uh, is is a different dynamic in the cold when you're uh, yeah. using the battery or charging it. Correct, and that's one of the problems when they when they put them in a plane and they take them up to altitude when they're in the cold. Ah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't even thought about that with uh, flying them. All right, Doc, thank you for that. Let's get Dave and Brantford in. Hi, Dave. Hey, Todd, how are you? What's up? Uh, I notice as an elderly conservative, uh, you know, you expect not to be uh, have much 
uh, good things happening when Lamont and Biden give a speech with a wish with a wish list, a Democrat wish list. But it's gotten to the point where there are so many grass fires they've started. It's hard to know. You just can't keep up with criticizing it. So I'm going to pick one. And okay. I don't even know if it was Lamont or Biden who said it. It was the government giving you the money to come up with a down payment to buy a house. The whole point of a down payment is so the new homeowner has skin in the game. You need a down payment to get a loan from the bank. Yes. So you have skin in the game. And so you're, you're, go, you're going into partnership with the bank, and the bank wants to know that you have a reason to care deeply to about the well-being of that purchase that's being made. And so now we have government goons deciding the government needs to give you a loan to come up with the down payment, which is the stupidest idea I've ever heard of. It well, no, I'm sure, they've, I'm sure they've had dumber ones, but that's a pretty good one, too. And then I think it was Lamont said we're going to forgive half of the, the, uh, the loan down payments, you know, after a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. This is a moral hazard is what it's called. And it's it's simply purchasing votes of Democrat voters. It's just one more thing. And it's the dumb of all the dumb new ideas that I heard presented with the two of them. This is the one that probably has the, the longest range danger that, uh, you know, you get free student loan. You get free uh, medical care. Uh, you know, we'll kill that loan. And pretty soon, you know how there's cancel rent. Now we're going to cancel mortgages. Mm -hmm. But the, the nose of the camel in the tent is you get a free down payment. And so you have no skin in the game. It turns your mortgage payment into essentially a rental payment. Uh, that's what I notice of the last two days. Thank you, Dave. Go, go, thanks. Bye. Talk to you soon. Let's not forget all the other things that they'll be coming for. Free sushi nights on, on Ned Lamont. Won't that be good? Hey, Todd. Yes? If Biden and his friends in the government were serious about this green issue, Mm-hmm. They'd be tapping into the hot springs at Yellowstone, and everybody could have free hot water, like Finland does. Oh, I'm sorry. They made that a national park, and you can't touch it. Goodbye. Yeah, but if they cared, they'd be doing the nukes, right? There'd be nuclear power plants. I'd like to hear you go through what's going on with the Connecticut budget. I have heard from, for, from you for years that Connecticut is bankrupt, mm -hmm. and... You know, now Lamont's giving a tax break. We have this big, huge surplus. I don't want to hear ideological tropes. I want to hear you go through and talk about the numbers. I want to hear the facts. What is going on? This does not make sense, okay? And I want to hear from you what's going on. I think you owe it to your, your listeners to go through it because – uh, clearly, clearly, we're not being told the truth from the left or the right side. Well, that's uh, that's true. I talk about it all the time, um, and and I'm happy to talk about it more because it is hard to absorb it. The main lying that they do, which is critical to understanding this, is talking about the state's fiscal condition. That is, how is this budget? They talk about balancing the budget. We brought in, the governor said it today, a balanced budget, as if that was some miracle. A balanced budget means that you have within the budget cycle, within the year that you're talking about with the budget, that you're, everything, you're able to pay all of those bills, even if those bills include a crushing amount of debt service because you've, you've put... Uh, so much 
on a credit card that taxpayers have to pay. So there's some years when they it's really hard to make that happen. But, you know, either way, the, what happens on a budget year is not a big deal. It doesn't take any great courage or toughness or anything. They just finagle and cheat and find a way to make budgets balance. What's important is what is the fiscal condition of the state when you look at the level of debt that it has versus the size of the tax revenues. So to live, this is the simplest way to put it, to live in the state of Connecticut costs the average taxpayer about $3,500 a year more than somebody living in the state of Florida or New Hampshire or, New Hampshire or some uh, decently run state with some compassion for people who pay the taxes. 3500 bucks. So, so what would be the thing that would make it worth $3,500 more to live in the state of Connecticut? What wonderful benefit are you getting? There is, they admit to $88.3 billion of debt. Huge amount of money that, the, the, that is owed by the taxpayers of the state to state and local governments. And that, that's a, a huge burden that represents like 20% of the um, annual spending, as I recall. That's off the top of my head. I will double-check it. But, um, but that's what's going on in the so, – so they can make it seem like everything's wonderful over the short term because we balanced the budget last year. But we still have $88 billion that they admit to, and that's after so – the. Oh, but by the way, part of the reason the, the – government is doing so well right now is because because the federal government spent five trillion dollars and sent uh, every state a bunch of money six billion of which came to the state of Connecticut so that made everything look glorious and, and uh, it allows Ned to pretend he did something to make that happen which of course he did he went along with the federally controlled COVID scam and shut things down, and they sent a lot of money in return to make sure nobody would lose any votes over it. So that's where we are in short. Hi, this is Joe from Bristol. Joe Biden is a traitor, a real Benedict Arnold. Middle-class Joe and his crime family sold out the USA for money. All right. All right. Nice job, Joe. Paul and Canton. Hi, Paul. Hi, thanks for taking my call this afternoon, and thanks for doing what you do in bringing the debt problem to everyone's attention. It's just, it's crushing. But I'm calling because of the gaslighting, and I think it's an overused term. It's just out and out lying. Now, I heard you talking a few minutes ago about the electric vehicles again, Mm -hmm. and Here's what I would, I don't think that forcing electric vehicles is the right thing to do for America. I really don't. But if I did, and I was the leader of this country, then I would lead. And I would establish whatever I had to do to show that I thought changing all of my vehicles to electric vehicles was the right thing to do. And the very first place I would start, and, I, and I'm going to challenge all the people on the left who are always calling in, and the guy that just left the rant about the facts. How come nobody's charged, you know, taking the hill on this one? Convert the United States Postal Service, 
the world's largest fossil fuel consuming fleet. Convert it. If you really believe in it, convert it. That's what I would do the if trouble, I was the leader. The, but but the, the trouble is, Paul, is I think they're going to do that anyway without caring whether it works or not because it's just part of the government. It doesn't matter if it's a disaster and it costs twice as much to operate as it does now. They'll do that gladly just to make their political point and to drive down the per unit cost of electric vehicles, although that might not happen. Let's get a traffic up. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Hey, Mark Christopher and the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app. Yep, WTIC. I'm just double-checking. I always find it fascinating the way you get the shaft as a taxpayer in Connecticut, looking at the different ways. There's so many different ways. So um, I was just double-checking total tax burden by state. That's state and local taxes. Connecticut is the number two highest tax state in the country, and uh, number one is New York. And number three, what is number three? Oh, I forget. I'll tell you in a sec, the number three. But those are the two highest. And, and fourth is uh, California. I remember that one. 860-522-9842. We've got uh, Mike in Plainville. Hi, Mike. What's going on? The movie Nightcrawler. Do you ever see it? No, I would not see a movie with that name. It sounds awful. No, it's about the actor Jake Gylandall was like a... Uh independent reporter he'd go out and get stories that in the middle of the night yeah. that nobody would know about and i swear this is why dick blumenthal's in the paper every day he's got his night crawlers out there looking for stories and they call him on his hotline because he's in the paper again today this time it's about the sewage backups in the north end of hartford oh i think that's all his staff does is find you know they, they yeah, probably they, they probably get a bonus if they come up for the story of the day where he gets to jump in front of a camera He's on. He's on call twenty four seven, and gladly, happily so. Now, uh, uh, I wanted to add one thing about the balloon, the spy balloon. Mm-hmm. They didn't use a live round because they wanted to take the thing down and study it. Somebody called in yesterday or the day before and said, "Why? Why didn't they blow it up?" They used practice rounds on targets like that, just to puncture the. Because the you just need to to break the surface of it. Yeah, it was a dummy round. They a use dummy? it in training. Well, if, if the government's going to do it, a dummy round sounds just right. Thank you, Mike. 860 
Rant line number 860-751-4698. We'll play some more rants. We've got Leibowitz coming up to chat with. We've got Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center right now. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, let's just play another rant before we go to Leibowitz. There were 12 fatal overdoses in New Haven in less than two weeks. Never mind handing out Narcan. Get Joe to close the border. Where is the outrage from the mayors and the governors? The border needs to be closed. The drug issue needs to be addressed. 860-522-9842. Rant line number 860-751-4698. Michael Leibowitz out of prison for a couple of months, and we've had the pleasure of his company and conversation since then. Lebo, hello there. Todd, hello. I'm very, very pleased that you just played that rant because it ties in perfectly into what I want to talk to you about. Explain, please. Okay, so the topic I want to talk to you about is political cynicism or what we might call learned helplessness. Now, Learned helplessness. It's, it's the idea that we can't change anything when it comes to politics, so why mm-hmm. bother trying? But this is what got me thinking about this. So yesterday I posted on Facebook, isn't it time that we end this insane war on drugs? And I ended up in a debate with a guy today, and I thought his position was, for a while anyways, that the war on drugs is a good thing. But really what his argument was, was it makes no sense to argue about it because you're never going to end it. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do, so you just have to accept it. And he basically said that there's there's no incentive for the government to give up the war on drugs. So there's so much here to unpack that, and it ties also into that call. So I don't know if you want me to just freestyle, or if you want to kind of ask questions to keep us in an orderly manner. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's have a conversation about it. So well, he's we can he's... have a disorderly conversation, Todd. You know. That's fine with me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the um, So his position is there's nothing we can do about it. But the only reason politicians are doing malicious things is because they benefit from it. And all we have to do is create a counter to that benefit. So they start to reevaluate the math and we have to make the math bad enough so that they say, OK, let's let go of the insidious war on drugs because it's not worth the price we pay for it. Exactly. Because if the politicians know they're going to get voted out of office and lose their power, they'll change their positions. So the key then is to teach the populace, which is what your show is the perfect vehicle for, is to teach people and educate people about these issues. Which brings me now to the woman who just called and she talked about all the fentanyl overdoses and said the key to stopping that is to close the border. But of course, that's you're never going to fully close the border to stop drugs from coming in. That's the first thing. I mean, that's just, and that's not my own political cynicism. It's just, there's just too much of an incentive for these people to come up with. Well, it's a big border, but we can also, we can also make it a lot better because we, we know we can, because it was just a few years ago. You you can. My only point is that drug dealers, when there's an incentive in the black market are going to figure out a way. Yes. And, and if you do, the more you close the border, the more you drive up the cost of, of the drugs and probably the more crime you're going to have. But Which provides more incentive. Exactly. And when you talk about 
the fentanyl overdoses. The fact of the matter is, is when you go into on a street corner to buy dope, you have no idea what that person's putting in that dope. You're going to buy this from somebody without a reputable character. Mm -hmm. And if it's bad, you have no recourse of action. You can't sue for fraud. You can't take them to court. You can do nothing. So there's an incentive for them to use fentanyl to, for, for cut or to mix the other drugs with, because from what I understand, fentanyl is cheaper. And then that makes it more dangerous. Now, if drugs were legal, you would go to your pharmacy, you would look on the side of the bottle, you'd do whatever the package, and you would see the ingredients, you would know the exact dosage you were getting, and you would decrease the amount of overdoses. And that right there goes to the incentive that we were just talking about. If people understood that, that by legalizing drugs, you actually would have less overdoses, not more, less crime, not more, then people would have an incentive to petition their representatives to get rid of the war on drugs. And you could drive down the value of the drugs because uh, there'd be more yeah. available. And, and uh, yeah, it, it would get them under control. It's pretty simple. It, it really is, and it boggles my mind how many people fail to grasp it. I mean, it, you know, when they legalized liquor after, well, first of all, when they passed the 18th Amendment, all you did was create an absurd demand for illegal alcohol. And you had, of course, the gangsters and, the, you know, the mafia killing each other over it. And But then once you legalized it, you didn't have that anymore. The price went way down and, you know, it's relatively safe. It's still a harmful product, alcohol, but not as harmful as when it's illegal. And it would be the same thing with all the, the drugs that we have. And yeah, it's it's interesting that. the alcohol, uh, the looking at that as an example because alcohol we don't we don't think that much about the damage it does to the individuals who use it, be, because we've forgotten about it because we don't have to worry about that it created the mafia and all the bad stuff that happened because it was being controlled. It, it uh, the, And we don't consider that parallel on how easily we could do the same thing with illegal drugs. And, and I don't know why. And the strange thing is, drugs were legal in this country for the majority of its history. They've only been outlawed since 1914, which means they were they were legal for longer than they've been illegal. And I just and the thing is, is I, I don't I don't want to get too bogged down in the war on drugs while I think it should end. It's this principle that you can't convince people of various political positions. I mean, with the war on drugs, as you and I have just demonstrated, there's plenty of incentive for the populace to demand their politicians get rid of it. Then there would be plenty of incentive for the politicians to get rid of it. And it would be the same thing with any number of policy positions that sure. we could take if people would just learn what the proper incentives were. And it's all part of that argument, I think, is not necessarily that life would be better if drugs were legalized. It might be in some ways uh, that we would want to still have restrictions on the way those drugs were available. But those could be things we decided amongst ourselves as uh, citizens using some mechanism other than government, because government is just such a corrupt entity that when it gets involved with controlling our lives it goes overboard with wanting to control our lives because it shifts power into the hands of the few and away from the many and that's a big failure as well i think for people to recognize well yeah it's like there was another question that i, I posed is what does government actually do well i can't think of anything god can you 
make messes of uh, of situations that aren't particularly problematic. They're really so good. They at are that. The, the they are the best mess makers out there. I wanted to ask you if we can change subjects. Earlier we had Harry Vinswanger on again. Who sure uh, change away. Of, of course, uh, you're familiar with, and hopefully you heard him a couple of hours ago when he was on. And he, we were talking about, I guess I said something about alluding to not having any government. And he yes. he jumped in and said, well, don't get me wrong, I'm not for no government. I think it's essential that yes. we have a small bit of government to, uh, what's the purpose of that small government? To, to protect, protect our... Rights. Our, our rights as enumerated in the Constitution. So No, 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 no. Hold on. No, not as enumerated in the Constitution. As, What's as, his position? To protect our rights as we have as individuals, our objective rights. Because the Constitution does allow for taxation and all sorts of regulation, and I, I'm okay. very confident that he wouldn't be for those things. Okay, so he's just talking about uh, the Randian rights. Yes, uh, and the the thing I wanted to ask you is why do you think that somebody like him that that's so that that he has maybe a blind spot on having the need for that government I I because what I see with the American system thus far is that it's proven that no matter how hard you try it's unlikely that you're going to successfully protect us from the plunderers yet he seems convinced that's possible. What I think, and I think he'd be absolutely right about this, is that in order to have liberty, in order to have a functioning capitalist society, you need objective law that wouldn't be arbitrary, that everybody would know of in advance, and that would secure our rights. He's absolutely correct about that. You have to have some sort of objective law that everybody knows about and that protects people's rights, right? Where, but he believes that that has to be a government. I kind of agree with him, but then I argue against myself, Todd, because the fact of the matter is, as an historical fact, government has never limited itself to that function, ever. And I, I mean, I just have a hard time believing it ever will. Now, he had a good counterpoint, and that is that philosophy makes these things. So if the, the philosophical basis of the society, meaning that if the majority of the people accepted a given philosophy and maintain that philosophy, well, then you could keep the government within limits because of what we just talked about, because the people would want the government to remain small. The government would then yeah, remain but that, small. That's like saying if the sky was orange, then we could do it. It's that, that, kind of a meaningless statement. Well, maybe so. I mean, I'm, not, I, I'm struggling with this myself at this point in my life because I think that if you, me, and Harry sat down together, we would all agree on what liberties we should have, right? Right. But then the question becomes, what is the best method of securing them? Right. I personally used to believe that a small government was the, the, the best, best way protection. to do that. Yes. Now I'm struggling with that. The alternative to that would be, you know, some sort of anarcho-capitalism. And that, to me, in theory, doesn't sound like it could work. But it also hasn't been tried on a large scale, whereas this constitutional government has, and it's and, failed. And by anarcho-capitalism, you mean a self-governance that doesn't involve having a government, but instead has people run their own communities and, 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 and develop systems that we haven't imagined yet, perhaps, to yes. uh, control how human behavior. And people who support this idea point to examples in our society in which we govern ourselves just fine without government intervention. And, you know, and there's plenty of them. 
Yeah, there are. Give us an example if you have one. Uh, friendship, for starters. So when you have friends and you, you know you hang out with one another, like you and I don't need Ned Lamont to talk about when I'm going to call you. You tell me, hey, Lebo, call tonight at a given time. And then if you change your mind, you'll call me and say, hey, you can't do this time. Do another time. I say, okay. And that's how it functions with most of the, well, not with most, with all of the guests on your show. Ned Lamont doesn't have to coordinate any of that. That seems a uh, rather superficial kind of uh, example well, that people maybe might laugh but at. Also, here's the thing. There's yeah. also no penalty. So if, if you t- there's no penalty for people. If they say they're going to come on the show and then don't, you don't do anything. It's all dependent on their word. Right. They keep their word. They say, I'm going to come on, and then they come on. And a lot of things are like that. And like the, one of my favorite examples is that of waitresses getting tipped. There's no law that says you have to tip. That's them. a it's great easy. example. And I was just it's, thinking about coffee shops. Everybody goes for coffee. Lines of people go to places like Starbucks and and other establishments, McDonald's, whatever. Everybody pays when they get their food. It's it's mind-boggling how universally this idea is accepted. Years and years ago, before I ever went to prison, I was in a video store back when they were still in existence and i was renting a movie and i was talking to the owner of the store and he told me that the entire business is built on trust Mm -hmm. he said look if people want to take out movies and don't return them there's really nothing i can do but they by and large bring them back because they they're joining a community which guarantees them the opportunity to keep renting movies and they want to be able to rent movies so if they were to uh to to not bring the last one back they wouldn't be able to take the new one and that keeps them going lebowitz thank you sir great to talk with you real quick Tonight, Carlos Rabolo and I will be answering questions in a Facebook chat room called Stand in Your Power. Go into Facebook, look up Stand in Your Power. We'll be there. Stand in Your Power on Facebook. Lebo, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. That's Michael Lebowitz. This is Mark Christopher in the VPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark, do me a favor. Yes. Have a great night. You too. And guess what? I'm friends with Lebo now on Facebook, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, If you're heading into downtown Hartford right now, T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.